Hello, and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm one of your hosts here, Dana Osban, here with my friend and Chavruta Ann Gordon. Our daf today, Masachat Yuma Daf Chaf Zion, page 27. Well, this was one of these dafs where it's a little bit of a short daf, and Ann and I both wanted to talk about the same thing. So instead of one of us pretending to express interest in something that we were not as, <laughs> as excited to talk about, Ann and I are going to split Amud Bet, which is what we really want to talk about. Amud Alv gets into this interesting thing about the Hefshed and the Nituach, you know, sort of the flaying and dismembering of the animal and that that actually can be done by a czar, can be done by a non cohing And there's a lot of back and forth about what is the biblical source for that. Um, you know, and they go through a bunch of different uh, psukim to sort of, uh, to sort of prove that. Uh, but now we're going to get to the, the issue of, uh, of a czar and the, um, and the Sidorit seam, the arranging of the wood on top of the Mizbeach. Amar Rabbiasi, Amar Rabbi Yochanan. So Rabbiasi said in the name Rabbi Yochanan, Zar right? So a non coin who arranges this word of the pyre, Chayev, he's actually liable for death. All right, Ketzat what should he do? Porka, he should disassemble it, and then he rearranges it. Now, anybody who reads this right away understands how weird this is because it looks like the way it's written, Ketzat what should he do refers to the czar, that the czar, the non-Kohen, should now just uh, disassemble and reassemble. Now, the Gemara basically understands this, right? My right? What good does this do for him? In other words, why are you saying that the non-Kohen, who should not have bothered to order or place this wood uh, to begin with, why would they sort of like rearrange it again and then somehow it magically is okay? Ella Porka Zar. Rather, what, the, what Rabbi Yochan is saying is, the, not, the czar, the non-Kohen, disassembles it. The Sodra Kohen. And the Kohen comes and he comes and arranges. So you're sort of like, you're, you're missing a word in that part of Rabbi Yochanan's statement. Again, it's pretty obvious, but it, I think what this speaks to is sort of how a lot of the tradition is written in shorthand. And sometimes these are the little pieces that are missing that need to sort of be explored or thought about later. Matkif la Rabbi Zera. So Rabbi Zera objects to this, right? So it objects to what Rabbi Yochanan says. And he says, but do you ever find that there's a service, which is performed at night, but yet is invalid when a non-Kohen does it? So we know that most of the avoda basically takes place during the day. And so what Rabbi Zera is saying there is that things that were done at night, they're just like not as an important part of the avoda, And therefore, the Torah wouldn't be so specific that it has to be performed by a Kohen. So since this arrangement of the wood is a service that was done at night, right? The Torah doesn't really specify that it only has to be done with a Kohen. Why would Rabbi Yochanan rule that it's it's not allowed for a non-Kohen uh, for a non-Kohen to do it? So the Gemara basically is going to dismiss Rabbi Yochanan's assumption here and say below, right? How do we say that just because it's a, a voda that's done at night, you know, that we wouldn't say it's invalid if it was done by a non-Kohen? Bahare evarim ufred faddarim. Right, we know that the service of burning the limbs and the fat also takes place at night, and that has to be done by a coin. So the Gemara explains, "Sof avoda diyamamahi." That burning of the limbs and the fat is really the end of the daytime avoda. So it may get done at night, but it's a continuation of what happens during the day. Therefore, it is more significant, and therefore, a non-kohen azar is not allowed to do it. So the Gemara goes on, Truman But what about the separating of the ash from the mizbeach? We also know that is done at night. And we also know that also can't be done by a non-Kohen. So that's really considered to be the beginning 
of the daytime avoda. So it's almost like the wood sort of has its own separate category. It's not part of the day at all. It's really kind of in the netherland of avoda by being at the night. The Amor Ravi Asi, Amor Ravi Yochanan, right? So now they're going to give a, uh, uh, they're, now they're going to say, wait, sorry, I, I skipped here. So Chila Avodadimamahi, right? It says that it's really part of the daytime service. And then the Gemara goes on to say, right, the Rabbi Yossi says the name Rabbi Yochanan, we saw this before, they're just proving this, right? That if a coin sanctified his hand, right, before daybreak, like it was still dark out in preparation for Truman Adeshan, right? He doesn't have to wash his hands again in the morning because he did it at the beginning of the day's service, right? So even though it technically isn't during the day, the Truman Adeshan, but the fact that he washed his hands before the Truman Adeshan, he doesn't have to wash his hands again. And we saw this, this passage appear before. So now that we have sort of, um, you know, uh, not, um, uh, you know, they sort of deflected what Rabbi Zera says, right? They're still going to say that there is a kasha, Ela kasha, but there's still a difficulty, right? Which is basically, how could Rabbi Yochanan say that a non-Kohen, this czar, is actually going to be high of mita for putting this wood on the Mizbeach, right? And so therefore it's going to say this, so rather say this is what the ruling was meant to say. said in the main of Yochanan, a non-coin who arranges these two, the blocks of wood, right, is liable to death. But we're going to say it's not by the by the Bezdin, it's really by Hashem, basically. Is that the Bafarshim explained? Because really it is part of the daytime service. And that's what the Chiddush is of Rabbi Yochanan's statement is that really this is part of the daytime service, which sort of means there really isn't anything that is part of the nighttime service, right? Everything sort of is part of the day. And again, the reason why they get this is because there is a pasuk that says, right, the coin will kindle the wood on the morning. So part of putting the wood down so that it can be kindled, it's really all part of the daytime service itself. Um, and again, I think just sort of going through we know that the avoda basically has to be done by a Kohen and that if parts of it are done by a non-Kohen, it's really a big deal. But here they're trying to sort of tease out how big of a deal is it, right? And whether or not it's actually punishable by death. But this distinction between daytime or nighttime, you know, avoda clearly by Rabbi Yochanan's opinion seems to not count for anything. It all seems to be part of one continuous avoda, which sort of all has something to do with the daytime. So one of the things that I think is particularly, I don't know, it kind of jumps out or it's in formation, I guess. It's not really fully jumped out yet, is the Gemara's handling or the Halacha's handling, really, of the different categories of people, right? Meaning the fact that we've got a Kohen and a non-Kohen. Well, of course, we know that, right? All the time we've been talking about Kohanim doing the Aravoda and the Beit HaMikdash. But now we're talking about the interaction or the potential for, you know, one of them to have that same job task being done by somebody who's not a coin and oh my goodness everything explodes right it's a whole different kind of thing to have it, it's i feel like by seeing these very concrete examples of where the status of the kohen versus the non-kohen have real very practical differences um kind of puts the different i don't want to call them classes because they're not right but the different identities or something like that of the different populations 
groups, I don't know, I'm sure we can come up with a better term here, into much sharper relief. I, I think that's a good term there, right? I, yeah, I'll agree with that term. <laughs> <laughs> right, I mean, right, like we're we're beginning to see it's not just that the Kohanim do their stuff in the Beit HaMikdash and the non-Kohanim, I don't know what, plow their fields and give Truman a maestro to the Kohanim, right? There are opportunities where the, I don't want to say clash, right? Because it's not a clash, but the distinctions between them become sharper. Okay, back to the text. Um, so we have here Matif Rava. So before we saw, we had some dispute, for, you know, Rabbi Zera didn't like it so much. Here we've got a question from Rava. But it's worded kind of interestingly. Um, I've lost the place. No, one second. So Rava says, so what you're talking about then is when they come to arrange these two logs, right? And it's in the daytime. And it can't be done by the czar. It can't be done by non koanim And they really can't do it, meaning it's chayv mita. So then that should require a lottery. And yet this same practice of the two logs here does, is not one of the things that is assigned to the Kohanim based on a lottery. So, so this is the puzzlement, right? You should have a pious for this. You should have a lottery. Well, it doesn't need it to own lottery. It, it's already, you know, assigned to the person who got that, who won the lottery of Trumat Adeshin in the beginning from the morning. And so that same person is going to set up the wood and deal with the two logs. So that seems a fairly reasonable answer to Rava and a little bit surprising that Rava himself is not already there with it. Lememra, so the Gemara goes on to say, Lememra da'avodat yom by pais, avodat laila lo by pais. So the Rava says, are you saying, right? Is that to say, that the work of the daytime requires that lottery, meaning from the Truman edition on throughout the day, and the work of the night, the avod of the night does not require a lottery. The hare averim uftarib, meaning we have the burning of the limbs and the fats on the mizbech in the night, and that was assigned through a lottery. So this distinction does not seem to really be holding up. Sof avodah diamamahi, the hare Truman edition, mishum masashahaya. This is, well, no, well, Really, the end of the of the lottery situation is the Truman edition. It's not that it's the beginning of the day; it's the end of the day because it's dealing with the fact of the lids that have burned on these bayach overnight and they've left ashes. So it's the new day, but it's dealing with the yesterday's karbanot, right? So then, um, in which case, if you're going to say that you don't need it in the night, then maybe the Truman edition uh, task does not need a lottery because really it's connected to the night. So at the end of the day, they say, no, maybe that's true, but it, we instituted a, a lottery for the Trumadeshin in the morning anyway. And then, and this is like a, a very subtle, careful, pointed comment, Mishum Maseshaya, because of a thing that happened. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. We all know that thing that happened. That thing that happened that was, you know, a fight and a broken bone. And then the next thing that happened was a knife fight, meaning all of this becomes. Um, streamlined once they begin the lotteries. So then the Gemara asked him further. So then one second. Isn't it the case, right, or should we say that any daytime avoda, which, for which a czar, a non-priest, a non-kohen, would be chayv mita, 
by pious. Those should all have lotteries, meaning we want to make sure there's no fighting, there's no, there's no, it doesn't get too loaded of a situation. One second. What if the czar, if the non-Kohen would not be obligated with a death sentence for participating in this kind of thing where they're not supposed to be, shouldn't that also need a lottery? I mean, to what extent is that really going to save you or anybody to, to take the lottery, uh, to put in a lottery only in a case where the czar would end up with a death sentence? So, and then the Gemara says, well, but that's shita. So let's take a step back and understand what's going on here, right? We've got a daytime service. We've got a czar, meaning a non-Kohen. The czar is at risk of uh, of a chiyuv mita, right? He's done something wrong enough that he's going to be a carry a death sentence. And so then the Gemara says, don't we have shita of the korban tamid, right? The daily offering. Can't that be done by a non-Kohen to begin with? And yet that requires the lottery, that task of doing the shita on the korban itself. We said we said it was going to be a, a big um, honor to the person who was chosen for that. So the Gemara says, well, shadi shita, slaughtering the animal is different. The tchilat avodahi, the slaughtering is really only the beginning of the avodah, of the service, of the worship. And so you don't you don't have to conclude you don't have to come to any big conclusions from that about lotteries in general, right? Um, on the one hand, and on the other hand, because it's the beginning, right? It's that's also why it's important enough to get the lottery on itself, right? I may have said that backwards. Did I say that backwards? I don't think so. The idea is that the korban tamid is only the beginning of the whole avoda, but that's why we're going to give it a lottery, even though shkita itself. Um, can be done by a czar, can be done by a non-Kohen. My impression of this stuff is like, they, there's clearly a strong misstore. Well, it's not a misstore. The Mishnah tells us that there are four lotteries. And I think the essential question the Gemara really is puzzling here with is like, how did they get to the number four, right? There could have been other permutations of this. There could have been three, there could have been five, there could have been six. How did they land on four? And it's not really clear how. I don't think there's like a good internal logical explanation for it. They're trying to come up with one, but I think there's something about it that's a little puzzling. We're missing a piece of the puzzle that we don't totally get. How did four really come about? I wonder, this is, I don't mean this is heresy, but I, I wonder if it had just happened because that's the way it happened, right? Like, okay, we've taken care of the Trumanadeshen. What else do we need a lottery for? Ah, oh, the Shkita of the Tamid. Okay, there we go, Right. And then they carry on their day. And then they, and then like, and then what happens? And then we get to the third Mishnah, right? And they, I'm, oh, well, there's more tasks to happen now. Maybe we need another lottery here, right? Yeah, like, so I agree with you. I think that's true. But for a, a law system that usually, and up until now, even just the temple service, everything is so well laid out. There's something about this that seems bizarrely haphazard and doesn't really fit with anything else that we've seen. So you understand why they're puzzled by it. Oh, yes. And I agree with you. I'm like, and that's why I say like, I mean, I don't want to say anything heretical, but this is, I wonder if it wasn't as organized in its, yeah, I don't, first, I don't in think its, it's inception. I think it wasn't. And that's why, but that's why they're like struggling with it a little bit. To Everything figure it out afterwards. Everything else is so well laid out, except for this. Right. So that makes that. sense. Well, all the tasks, let's be real. All the tasks are very organized. And the tasks are what matter in terms of doing the avoda. The lottery of getting to determine 
who which particular person is going to be doing what is to make the whole thing function more smoothly. But it's not actually the avodah itself. It's not really the worship of the right. Each task is there, even if they fought it out. Fighting it as a bad plan, but the task of the korban will be done. Right, I, that I would agree with, and I think that's you, you know. So it's the 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 stuff around the avoda that seems haphazard, but we know the avoda itself isn't. Well, that's our DAP discussion for the day. Rank us, review us on all major podcasts. Thank you to Rabbi Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hadron website. Let us know what you thought about this DAP on our Talking Talmud Facebook page. And until tomorrow, go and learn.